on, give it up for God. Look at all the lives that are being changed. Oh, you can do better than that. Let's just give Him all the glory today. Wow. I'll tell you what, you can be seated this morning. And I'll tell you what, I, I was so messed up, my fake eyelashes fell off. I actually heard a woman beside me say that. It was funny. <laughs> Why did I wear fake eyelashes? I don't know. But you don't have them anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know what? My hope for everybody in this room is to encounter God. If we just was able to encounter God, we'd be okay. No matter what life's trials are or what you're going through in life, just encounter God. Just open yourself up. Some of you may be in church for the first time in a long time today. Some of you may be watching in online and you're going, man, I just got to check this place out. I'm telling you, all we search for, all we seek for around here is just an encounter with God. That's all. That's all we need. We don't need another show. We don't need some more lights or smoke or haze, whatever they call that stuff. We just need a good move of God. Amen. Let me ask you a question. With that being said, why is it? Why is it that most people wait until something tragic happens in their life to begin to search an encounter with God? Why do we wait until we're told bad news? Why do we wait until the marriage is almost done? Why do we wait until the children are so rebellious you don't know where to turn but to God? Why do we wait until moments like that. Have you, ever, have you ever wondered that? Have you ever seen somebody, they radically change when life begins to happen to them? When they encounter God in a specific way, life begins to change and then boom, they have this encounter with God and they radically change. Is there anybody else in here that have seen that? Let me tell you, when radical change begins to happen, when God begins to come into your life and you begin to encounter God in a special way, let me tell you what happens. You begin to think different. You think different. Point at your head right now. That's where it's all at. If you can get your head right, you can get your heart right. Amen? Your head leads your heart. You've got, you got, you got to take thoughts captive. You've got to take all the things in your life captive. When you begin to think different, God begins to change. When you encounter God, you start thinking different. And I want to tell you something. If we all, we're in a series called One Month to Live, but if we all have one month to live, I promise you, you would start thinking different in your life. There would be this thing called a mindset shift. Your mindset would begin to shift. You wouldn't think the way that you once thought. Do I have anybody in here that would witness to that? Because the thing is, to have a successful relationship with God, all you have to do is think different. Well, I'm struggling. Well, I understand that you're struggling with the relationship with God, but you have to think different. We walk by faith, not by sight. I want to take you in some scriptures today or into some scriptures today where a man had an encounter with God and when he encountered God, he changed. His whole life morphed. Go with me to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 7. Once you get there, say amen. 
Crazy text. I'm talking about crazy. God began to speak to me this week about this. Oh my goodness. I'd already planned to preach this specific text, but I'm telling you, he began to reveal some things to me. Hopefully, you can uh, get something out of that today. Before we read the text, let's just go ahead and pray so that I can just flow straight through that. Can I? Will you do that with me? Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for this day, for God, all the baptisms uh, that are lined up that, that you are performing. You are changing lives in our church, God. This is just not something that is a show or it's, it's fluffy. <laughs> but God, it's something that it is real. You are doing a real thing right here in Compassion Church in Dixon, Tennessee. And we thank you for that real thing. God, and your word is powerful today. I pray, Jesus, that you'll use me to teach it. Jamie steps out of the way right now. Holy Spirit, take over. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen, amen. Now let's just walk through this together and let's learn something together today. Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 7. As he journeyed, he was Saul. Okay? This man by the name of Saul, he was persecuting Christians. So as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now this is when the encounter happened. Here he is. He sees this bright light. I've heard preachers say it before. It's kind of cliche and corny. But he fell off his high horse. This is the day that Saul fell off his high horse. And he's blinded by God. He don't know what's happening. And everything in that moment, right in that moment, everything began to change for Saul. His thinking began to change at that moment. And we're here in the scripture where he says, Saul, Saul, why are you per persecuting me? Verse 5. And he said, listen, who are you, Lord? Who are you? To get my attention to this capacity, who are you? What have you done to me? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Now, how many of you know what that means? It's hard for you to kick against the goats. The King James says it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Okay? What would happen is an ox would actually, as the ox became rebellious to the owner, the owner would prod it with this gold. Okay? And as it was prodding it with this gold, it was trying to lead it and direct it into the directions that the owner wanted it to go. So he is looking at Saul this day, and here's what he's telling Saul. Saul, do you not understand? you got a call on your life. Y'all ain't with me today. Okay, let me talk to the camera. Uh, Saul, did you not know that you had a call on your life? Do you not understand? It's hard for you to kick against the goals, isn't it? Because what would happen with that rebellious ox, it would begin to kick against the very thing that was trying to lead it, and it would hurt it. It would hurt the ox. The more the ox rebelled, the more the ox suffered. The more we as people of God, whether you are a person of God right now or not, you have been called by God. Whether you're a believer today or not, you have been called by God. You can kick all you want, but the longer you kick, the longer you suffer. Thank you. 
Let, let's, let's continue because I believe Jesus was telling him this. Saul, your rebellion is a losing battle. You're losing in this rebellion of yours. You are losing. It goes on and he says this, verse 6. So he, being Saul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Isn't it amazing? When God gets our attention, that's when we want to do what God wants us to do. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless. They did not know what was happening, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Hearing a voice and seeing no one. You are one encounter away from being used by God in a mighty way. I want you to think about that for a minute. You are one encounter away. Some of you, I hate to even say it like this, and, and it's going to draw some tension in the room, but we're going to talk about it. Some of you are one diagnosis away from doing exactly what God has called you to do. Why wait? Whether that is a positive encounter or a negative encounter, most of us are one encounter away. And here you've got a guy by the name of Saul who we eventually know as Paul because God changed him. He had an encounter with God. And every time we begin to have encounters with God, what do we do? We ask a question. Why? Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? Why did my son do that? Why do I have to uh, uh, deal with this marriage? Why? And it's, it's these God encounters. See, some of you is like, don't, don't be telling me it's a God encounter. God will wake you up however He needs to wake you up. Okay? God's just trying to get our attention. If you're in this room today or if you're watching by video, God is just trying to get our attention. He asked the question, Lord, what do you want me to do? He wasn't asking that 10 minutes earlier. He wasn't asking the Lord what He wanted Him to do 10 minutes earlier. He was on the road to Damascus to persecute more Christians. He, he was on his way to kill more people for the sake of, of, of his religion. Because he didn't like this name, Jesus. But he just had a Jesus encounter. And how many of you know when you have a Jesus encounter, things change in your life. Things begin to change. Encounters cause us to ask questions. And it causes God to give answers. Oh, you asked the question? Okay. Arise, go into the city, and you must be told what to do. Well, hold on a minute. Where, where do I go in the city? Hush up. I want you to get up and start walking by faith. I want you to get up and I want you to continue to walk. I want you to go into the city. Encounters bring change if you are obedient. Who knows, Saul could have sat there blinded for the rest of his life if he would have said, I don't even know what's going on in my life. I don't even understand. See, quit fighting what is going on in your life. Most of us never understand what is happening in our life. All we have to do is be obedient to God. 
You've got to find direction. Because that's where God sent Saul that day. He gave him a little bit of direction. Let me ask you a question. What does God want you to do? What direction does your life need to go? What direction are you pointed to in your life? What, what direction are you going in in your life? Because I want to tell you something. When God comes in and, and you have an encounter with Him, everything shifts. How do you know that? When you go from persecuting Christians to recruiting them, something changed. Yeah. That's, good. That's how I know. This is a man, if you're sitting in this room and going, God can never use you, go back and study Saul and what he did. Saul even said later as he was Paul, he said, I was the religious of all religious people. He, he didn't like this thing called a Jesus movement, but God began to change him. And then Paul wrote a book by the name of Romans. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, this is the meat of my sermon. I can't wait to get to this. This is so good. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but listen to what he's saying, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? What has to happen? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Here's why. When you begin to transform your mind, you're going to prove what is good and acceptable and perfect in God. You're going to find that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. It's time to discover who you are. Don't wait until you know you only have one month to live to discover that. Begin that discovery today. Go on a search today. God, what do you want me to do? See, the key word right here in this text is transformed. Transform. Look at your neighbor and say transform. I'm going to get y'all in this, but you want to or not. It's transformed. It, it comes from the Greek word metamorpho. Don't play with me. Which is where we get our word metamorphosis. Literally meaning to be changed from the inside out. That's what this is meaning. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind because when you're transformed, you're changed from the inside out. Transform us. You know, you're just transformed. He said this, do not conform, but be transformed. Paul is telling us to experience metamorphosis of the soul. He wants us to go through this whole change. See, and this metamorphosis calls us to do what? Grow up. It calls us to grow up, to become new. That's what happened today. There were people today, as they're getting baptized, as they're changing their life, metamorphosis has happened to them. They once were one person, now they're a totally different person. Right? This, this metamorphosis of the soul causes us to change into a whole new state of being. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Amen? How is a butterfly formed? Don't you think about it. Was a butterfly born a butterfly? 
Talk to me. It was a caterpillar, right? Let's go to that illustration just for a minute because the caterpillar doesn't stay a caterpillar. We were born sinners. We don't stay sinners. Why? Because we go through this thing just like the caterpillar and the butterfly. We go through this thing called metamorphosis. Right? The caterpillar doesn't wait for something to change it. It knows its process. I'm speaking good today. I'm telling you. See, I'm going to tell you, you, you should know your process. You should know what is happening in your life. You are only in a process. My life is terrible. My life is tore up. No, you're just in the process. You're being made new through Christ Jesus. God is, God is changing you from the inside out. I know you still have those thoughts. I know you still act on some things that you shouldn't act. But you're being... Meta, I don't even know what I was about to say. but you're, you're being changed from the inside out. I was supposed to say metamorphosis. <laughs> but you're being changed. God did not create you to crawl. He created you to fly. Come on. God didn't create you to crawl. He created you to fly. Jesus became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Jesus became sin so that you wouldn't have to crawl anymore. Jesus became sin so that you could become righteousness so that you could fly with Jesus. Amen? That's what it's all about. That's the change that God wants to make in you. The caterpillar, listen, wasn't created to stay a caterpillar. You wasn't created to stay in the same state that you're in today. You were created to change. You were created to do something for an almighty God. You were created to do something big. I know you can't see that you could do something big. I talked to somebody today and they were like, man, I can't believe that I'm here. I used to live in a single wide trailer. And all of this kind of, I'm going, man, see, see how people morph. Y'all got offended because I mentioned a single wide trailer. There's nothing wrong with a single wide trailer. You're tripping. Listen to this. The reason that many are crawling. Let me back up. The reason that many are not flying is because they are content with crawling. I wonder how many in this room are watching today are content with crawling. Just getting by. Just going through life's motions. God never created you to just crawl. See, the enemy will tell you, stay crawling. It's okay. You'll inch your way there. See, there's a difference in something that can crawl and something that can fly. A turtle's not going to get to his destination as quick as an eagle would. Are y'all with me today? 
Quit being content with crawling for the enemy. Begin to fly for God. Begin to pick up the pieces of this puzzle called life and move on. Don't wait until something happens that is very tragic to begin to live. Live today. Maybe you only have one month to live. Some of you may have ten days to live. Some of you may have two minutes to live. I have no idea, but don't wait. Fly high right now with Jesus because that's what God has called you to do. My goodness. See, because a lot of people are skipping the process. They're skipping the process. They don't want to get into cocoon. They don't want to do that. They don't want to experience, I don't know if you know what metamorphosis is, you go and study, you know, the butterfly and the caterpillar and all that type of stuff, but there's a struggle that is happening on the inside of that cocoon. If you're just walking by a tree and see a little cocoon hanging, you may not really be able to tell unless you just really focus and you may be able to kind of see that cocoon moving, but there's a struggle going on on the inside. But let me tell you, even today, if there's a struggle going on in the inside of your soul, that's only so that you can create the wings that God has given you to fly. Because that's what's happening. When that caterpillar begins to, to morph and it changes, just so you know, the butterfly, when it comes out, it is no longer a caterpillar. The old is gone, the new has come. There's been a true metamorphosis, right? But what has to happen is that caterpillar has to get still to allow the process to happen if it ever wants to become a butterfly. I believe the reason that a lot of people are not flying with Jesus today is because they can't get still long enough to trust a living God. One of my favorite texts is Psalm 46.10. Be what? Still and know that I am God. Some of you just need to be still. You need to be still. When I say you be still, you allow God's Spirit in you to take, take you and lead you in whatever direction. But your flesh has to die. That caterpillar pretty much has to die before it becomes a butterfly. Are y'all with me today? Be still and know that I am God. You've got to be still. Saul got still. No, 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 no. Saul didn't get still. Saul left and he took a journey and he went on in to the city. You're not understanding. Saul got still in his spirit. He got awakened. He was shook for a moment. And God began to do something. When he got still, Saul became Paul. When you get still, you will become, I promise you, 
When you get still, and that word still means to let go, when you begin to let go and quit thinking that you have control of everything, and you just let go and you get still in God, and you trust God, and you say, God, I'm just going to believe in you. I'm going to believe in all of your promises. I'm going to believe in what that little boy is saying up on the stage, because I look like a boy, right? So I'm going to believe all that stuff. I'm going to believe your word. I, that, that's why I'm, I'm just going to get still. I promise you, every one of us in this room, including myself, if we knew we had one month to live, we would get still. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait till one month to live. Why? Because when I get still, transformation begins to take place. When I take responsibility of my own growth, transformation takes place. Paul did what I'm talking about. Saul did what I'm talking about and became Paul. And look, he went on to write almost half of the New Testament. And some of you think because of an affair, God can't use you anymore? Because of an addiction that you're struggling with? And because you continue to struggle with that addiction, God can't use you? God can't do anything in your life? Because of your past, God can't do anything? Oh, no, 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 no. God can do things. In you and through you. Here's why. God wants a deeper relationship with you. See, that's what would happen if we had one month to live. We would begin to read our Bible more. We would begin to pray more. Amen? We'd begin to do all that. God wants you to begin to do those things now. Don't wait. God wants you to believe in Him more than you've ever believed before. God wants us to worship Him like we've never worshipped Him before. God wants us to begin to pray to Him like we've never prayed to Him before. That's what happens when the metamorphosis of the soul happens. Amen? Why wait until your life is almost over to have a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. Why wait? Every head bowed and dry closed. That's all I got. <coughs> Some of you have been waiting. You've been waiting. I said, Jamie, I, I just, I don't know about all this Christianity stuff. I don't know all about this Jesus stuff. I got a life. Listen. You may have a life now, but you'll have an abundant life with God. Well, you're saying all this plan and purpose and all these different things. I don't know if that's for me. Oh, yes, it is. God's plans and His purpose is for you. I wonder if there's anybody in here you say, Hey, I need a metamorphosis of the soul today. I need God to come in and completely change me. I need that inside-out change. I really feel strongly that there are people in this room that you are trying to change your life from the outside in. There's someone in this room, I, I usually don't do this, but I'm telling you, there's someone in this room, you have been, you have been fake before people. You have a facade on. 
You have this facade in your life. You have this thing that is happening and you think that you got people tricked. God just told me, you don't have him tricked. I wonder who I'm talking to. I'm not going to point you out. If there's people in this room today that you say, hey man, I need God. Maybe you're viewing in online and say, man, I'm, I'm done. I'm done being Saul. I'm ready to be who God has called me to be. If that's you, nobody's looking around. Would you just look up your hand real quick? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You said that's me. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I want to pray a prayer with you. When you pray this prayer, I want you to meet with all of your heart. Everybody in the room, everybody online, you guys go ahead and pray it with us in support of all the people that are making the decision today. Say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for forgiveness of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose on the third day for me. Thank you for becoming my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a big old hand clap.